Three. Oh my. Yo, what's good? Welcome to Counter Currents. This is your host, Petey Steele. And your co-host, Elena Torres. And our guest today has been on before, but wasn't on yeah. when I was on. And I'll say you know different stuff this time too. Oh, 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 you're going to say different stuff. You're not supposed to All talk till I'm stuff. done with the intro. I, I think of these know. big intros, some <laughs> guests talk during the intro. <laughs> so I'm some, like, guests no, just, some guests just need the spotlight that bad that oh, they okay. can't even let there be an intro. Sorry. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Ramin Mustafabi. Yay! Yeah, no, I was now just you like, can talk. In, in case they listened before, I didn't want them thinking, oh yeah, I've already heard this guy. Because I have all my, I've changed all my opinions, 180 degrees now. I'm, okay, uh, great. Yeah, now. 40 I'm, episodes, that's all it takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah we've, a, we've had a couple, we've had a select few on more than once. Sweet, sure. sweet, sweet. Well, I'm honored. Thanks for uh, having me on here. And I know we've all, you know, been living the same struggle, uh, but it looks like maybe we're coming out on the other side alive. Yeah. yeah, and so far it's happened with a splash. You got a great new room that I did the other night. The yes, uh, what was it? The Sterling Center or the? Uh, it's called the Salisbury Center. Salisbury. It was one yeah. of those old English. Oh, the Manassas one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. I mean, you know, that first one was. Um, it was packed out. A lot of it was the 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 owners' friends and like you know business associates and stuff. So I told him, like, you know, it's not, <laughs> this isn't a normal first show. They knew that, you know, we just papered the room with a bunch of their buddies. And and now the real work right. begins. You know, we got to build it up and try to let Manassas know that it's out there. But, you know, right. Petey, you can attest, the room couldn't be more beautiful. It's, uh, oh. it's a perfect. Oh, really? It's an ex-movie theater that they've restored. One oh, chamber no of strictly for comedy. But then it gets even better. They have like a back room where they have a Pentagon, not an octagon, but a Pentagon for mixed martial arts fighting. Yeah. I'm actually going to go to one of the fights in the next couple of weeks. The owner, Jeff's great guy, said he took yeah. me up with a ticket because I, you know, did okay the other night. And um <laughs> Okay. Yeah. 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 The, uh, the owners are really sweet guys. They're a couple of brothers and they, um, they love comedy. So like I walked in when they first called me and said, we're, you know, first of all, they said Manassas, I almost hung up, but then they said, uh, <laughs> they took a, a theater and revamped it. It was an MMA fighting ring. And I was like, Oh, it sounds awful. Yeah. But, uh, but when I walked in, I was like, Oh, these guys are not messing around. This place is very nice. And, um, so that theater is just for comedy now? Uh, I think it's, it's live events, you know, and comedy is okay. one of the things. And they basically brought me in to curate the comedy program. But they were so great. Like the first when I walked in, it was just, you know, this empty room that they told me used to be a theater, you know, tools and, uh, you know, lifts and things uh, in there. But um, didn't look like much. And they literally were like, what do you need to make a great comedy show? And I was like, stage over there, lights here, soundboard in the back. You could do these kind of tables. They were like, okay, two weeks later, it was done. I was like, oh my gosh, my the God. greatest partnership I've ever, like, you know, we've all set up partnerships at venues and then they leave on 27 TVs and they're and guys are playing pool in the back uh, and then kids are there and you're like, w did you know that we were, and these guys just bang, knocked it out and uh, couldn't, couldn't be better. And they're, you know, they're very excited about it. So, you know, we're trying to ramp it up uh, to, to mm -hmm. where we can uh, bring in some, credited names and whatnot if we can start to um sell some tickets and uh you know add it to add it to the repertoire uh you know of uh, the shows that i'm trying to get back i've got lorton's coming back it's outdoor right now and um mm -hmm. it's a little different than it was before because the uh where we do it at the workhouse art center there um again they, they've sort of, sort of contracted me as the the comedy guy uh, where mm -hmm. i used to be like in control of all the ticketing and all that stuff but they brought me back on like a contract for four shows just to sort of see if it's still alive and then we'll renegotiate from there and hopefully uh prove that comedy uh can still live there and, and keep going been doing there for 10 years so i'd love to get back to a normal schedule yeah i think we're all excited for that i really appreciated that you wrote sort of all of us this email sort of at the status of all these rooms because sometimes it has felt like dc hasn't recovered comedy show wise as quickly as like New York has. I guess New York is New York. So like, I feel like New York has a ton of shows. So when you wrote that, so you can see the issues of why there aren't as many shows as we're used to, isn't just COVID, but like the reopening process for a lot of these venues is so tough. 
Yeah, it's wild. I mean, you know, my day job, I'm in the restaurant industry. So I sort of understand a, a bit of the, the, you know, like staffing issues are a big thing. Shipping issues have been a big thing. Trying to get product, trying to get yeah. uh, new appliances, like everything's just not just from COVID, but the snowstorm down in Texas is still affecting uh, factories and, and, and sh uh, shipping uh, um, dates. Uh, so, you know, I would love to reopen uh, a couple of the smaller rooms and get, you know, like, I would love to have Ragtime back. I would love to have William Jeffries back. I've been trying right. to put a show in um, uh, Vienna at Bear Branch, but they literally said to me, we want to, we just don't have the staff for it. And, yeah. And, that's and I see it everywhere. You know, I even see it, I see it at my yoga class, guys. I don't know if you know, I've been, uh, yeah. been doing a little Oh, yoga. you're a yoga guy? Looking a little limber, shoulders yeah. looking a little broad, oh, right? Wow. Yeah, stretching wow. it out. And uh, they haven't opened, like the showers are still closed at the yoga studio. And I'm, and I'm you know, I sweat like crazy because it's a hot box and you can't shower. And I was like, why can't, we don't even have to wear a mask in, in here anymore. Why can't I shower? And they're like, honestly, we don't have the staff to clean the, the dressing rooms. Like they yeah. can't hire people because everyone's on unemployment until October, uh, just yeah. coasting. And then all of a sudden you'll get all the staff back. But yeah, it's weird. Yeah, right now. yeah our, our patron... For the podcast the arlington draft house is only at 75 percent for that exact reason yeah yeah like they could open to 100 but they can't so if anybody's listening to this and you like comedy please go work at arlington draft house yeah yeah, yes. yeah. you can fill the capacity for sure yeah yeah that venue has um has bounced back all like you know we all did shows there when the pandemic was still pretty much happening and it they just yes. allowed a few people in there it was like 12 people yeah people yeah remember remember that christmas show i had yeah. you on remember yeah. that that was yeah. like four people <laughs> whatever but at the time yeah. we were just like please god let me tell some jokes let yeah house let me feel something um and yeah. even now i mean i'm back to you know my calendar's looking pretty good and i'm getting out a mm -hmm. few times a week but i'm still not feeling greased you know what i mean yeah like, yeah really getting out there i'm still thinking a lot i'm trying to connect jokes I, I forget like jokes that I love to do. And I, you know how after a set you go back and look at your list and I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe I left out that. Or yeah. I that tag or God, what was I thinking? Most yeah, of the tags, but sometimes I'll forget a whole bit. And I'm like, Oh shit, shit. Yeah. this is a central part of my routine. Yeah. <laughs> like there was a callback two bits later that required that bit. What the right. am I doing? I yeah. Yeah. I I feel like it's still like things are getting better. Like I'm like, I'm on the same, I'm on like probably like once, twice a week now, which is like way better. But even then I'm still way too nervous before every show. Cause I'm still inconsistent. Yeah. Like I'm still just like, I'm, I don't know. The other part I'm beating myself about is uh, beating myself up out is um, not producing that many new jokes over the last year. So, you know, right. I, I get a little in my head about that, especially if I'm performing like, in DC or at a show that I've been producing for a long time. And I know the people seeing for, and I'm doing some damn Chick-fil-A joke from eight years ago. And I was like, damn it. I wish I came out with like, here's my fresh 45. And like, yeah, I just don't have it. I don't have it. My, my, I don't cold. think a lot of people did. Cause I don't no. think a lot of people did. Like we've talked to a lot of people on this podcast about that. Yeah. And I mean, everybody from like headliners to local comics, name it. And the thing is, is like you end up doing most of your writing either on stage or when you're doing stand up a lot because your brain is like brain in is that format. And when you're yeah. just like sitting at home, like that rhythm of a joke is not as fresh in your mind. Yeah, yeah. you can't find out if like a premise is going to be funnier than the goddamn punchline until you 100%. take it on stage, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, that's true. But I, and I'm not a person, I don't know how you guys write. I've, I've literally, I've been doing comedy 10 and a half years. I've literally sat down one time and been like, now I'm going to write jokes. And I envy the people that do it regularly because they seem to produce at a much higher level. So I, I would like to make that a habit for me. Uh, and the only time I ever did it was like three months ago. I was like, all right, pal. We're not going out there with this same damn 30 minutes. Like, I need, I need something fresh. And, you know, I came up with one joke in, in maybe an hour, but yeah, I could see where if I dedicated more time to it. You know, I talked to some of you know, the guys that are really cranking out material and they have a new hour every year or two. They're definitely making time every day. You know, and I, I just did a, a show with Sam Morell at the Draft House Agent. 
backstage, mm-hmm. he was uh, just talking about his routine. He was like, you know, every, every morning I do, I do this, I this, and then, I, and then I write, and then I this, this, and I'm like, wow, you block out time to write every day. That's cry. That's wild to me. Like, I wish I could do that. I wish I had, I mean, I've got three kids and nine jobs and all that stuff. And some of these guys right. are single touring the country, uh, writing jokes. So it is their whole job. So I, there's that difference, but in the beginning, and I guess it's because we piled up all this material from a lifetime and then decided to be comedians. In the beginning, I was like, here's a fresh three this week, another three minutes, another three minutes. You know, for the first year, I was just like, bang, 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 bang. Uh, and then, you know, it just, it just slows down exponentially. Yeah, I never I think- was one to sit down and try to write. I mean, anytime I did, it was because I made a big concerted effort because I had one of these exchanges we just had where I'm like, I need to block out the fucking time. And then I do it one time. It's like a New Year's resolution. And then I don't do it again until I get another conversation like this. You know, it, yeah. and to me, part of it kind of defies art. I mean, that's a sad way to look at it and it's probably a sophisticated excuse but sometimes yeah. i think like my best like aha light bulb moments are the ones that turn into like my killer jokes yeah and they've yeah. let me coast for as long as i've done this and be a club feature but you know if you want more you're gonna have to nitty gritty it probably and- yeah and, you know i actually i've i've had like one of my favorite jokes that I do now was a note that I wrote in my original composition notebook when I first started doing, you know, the marbly composition notebook. Uh-huh. Yeah. I put a note in there. Uh, perhaps you've seen me do this joke. It's my act of God joke about uh, the insurance industry yeah. and, good joke. and the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. And nine years ago, I wrote a note that just wrote, I just wrote like act of God policy question mark. And it sat in that notebook until probably, I think I only started really doing that joke two and a half years ago, maybe maybe three, but it just rotted there forever. And then one day I was like, I gotta make a joke out of this. I've had, I either make, or I gotta scratch this damn thing out and get it out of here. And I remember I just pounded on it. Um, and I saw a show with um, uh, Gary Goldman. Uh, and I saw G- Gary's such a great, uh, story telly comedian but, but it's a lot of it is just fiction where he's weaving in and out of things like the the one about uh the uh the abbreviations for state names and i remember seeing that and going i want a joke like that and so mm-hmm. i went back to my notebook and i was like i think i can make this one a joke like that and really off of the inspiration of him weaving all that together that's when i created the, the act of god joke but that was one time where i took like an old rotting note and uh managed to sit down and, and create something Otherwise, I have pathetic. No, you guys have like I have a file in, in my phone called uh, uh, "Do not do these jokes," and because <laughs> so, the premises are so bad. Like you know the ones you go back to and you're like, in what what mindset was I in where this was possibly funny? Oh my god, there's so oh. much stuff that I look in my notes because I'd write all my jokes in notes in my phone, and I'll yeah. go back and look, and I'd be like, I would get canceled for this. Like, on what <laughs> planet? <laughs> Yeah. Did I think this was okay? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I say a lot of uh, terrible things, but I don't think I've ever, uh, I don't think, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, my, 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 uh, what's offensive, uh, barometer is non-existent, uh, most of the time, as long as it's within the realm of comedy, um, right. and, and love. Uh, but, um, I don't know that I, I don't know that I've written something that made me feel like, oh my gosh, if anyone ever hears this, other than the text messages between comedians, which we would all get canceled for. I don't correct. Definitely don't share <laughs> what I say yeah. to comedians in text messages. We'd all get canned for sure. Cause uh, you know, we're all, we all get it on that side. You know, we can say whatever yeah. we want to each other cause there's no hate at all. Um, so it's more fun. It's more fun inside the comedy mind, my friends. Join us. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Do stand up. It's so easy. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the matter with you? So easy? Yeah. I, it is interesting. I guess we're seeing, um, and we didn't know what was going to happen during the pandemic as far as like, would some people that had been trying for a long time and couldn't quite crack it, would they quit? Uh, mm-hmm. And then w- would some of the old heads return or, or, or was this a good time to hang it up? Uh, mm-hmm. What are you guys seeing? What do you guys think you're seeing? I haven't seen anybody hang it up. Not nearly as many as I feel should have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I haven't, I don't think I've seen that. 
Um, I know some people have like, you know, picked up other careers that are making it more difficult for them to take gigs because now they're making money, which they've never right. done before. Uh, right. So it's, uh, it's harder to book some, some funny people. Um, you know, I tried to book Andrew Cook, for example, if we're going to I was going to say, I think, uh, are you talking about, about Cook? Yeah, he's yeah, Cook's talk, making in money. In this particular case of talk about Cook, hilarious guy. Mm -hmm. uh, but he found out he's, he's, he's got a successful career going on in a, in a sales industry. Um, so he's got to prioritize right now. And, and maybe that's the case with a lot of other people that we're not seeing work uh, at the level that, that we think they should. Cause they're like, Oh my gosh, I can, I got to, I can pad this out for a little while and then, and then get back to comedy eventually. Um, but See, we're that's up. That's the opposite. Well, I'll let you finish, but I have a theory that's on that very thing, but keep going. Do, do the theory, do the theory. So, cause my theory is because of the pandemic and we've all been sitting at home, there haven't been enough people to quit yet. But now that comedy is coming back, I think we're going to see the biggest drop off from now to the end of 2022, because uh -huh. people are going to go to a show and do it and come to a, come to terms with the fact that they want to quit. <laughs> Dude, I don't, that's my theory. There are there's a lot of people their hearts are not in it. And I'm like, and this is hard. If their hearts aren't in it, why are they even here? I mean, there are people that that have been in this game for 15 years who should find better things to do. I guess yeah. they just love it that much. And that's nice. I just I don't know. Gosh, you know, look, I don't I don't mean to sound a certain kind of way, but like. I don't leave the house for X amount of money. And as much as I love this game, I would, I just could not volunteer the time to continuously get my heart broken and not rise up uh, to, to the, to the level of my dream, you know, but I know yeah. some people just want to be on the stage regardless. And they just accept like, I am never going to be one of those top tier people and, uh, and God love them. You know, I, I just, yeah. I, I don't have it in me. I, I get upset, uh, you know, for a number of reasons at my little diva level where, you know, uh, I, I look at the list. I'm like, how come I, you know, that person's following me. Nah, fuck that. Like <laughs> I get all butthurt about that. And then I think not only fuck that, but like, am I slipping? Am I, have I lost it? Like what's going on here? And then also, you know, I'm 44 years old. I'm at least twice as old as some of the people that I'm on the lineup with. And that gets in my head sometimes where I, really I mean like, yeah I need to get in here and hammer this shit just so they're no they don't think old man Ramin is washed up right uh so I'm like you know I'm putting it to the metal like no bitches I'm still here you know I, I'm proving yeah. it to myself which you know who knows I don't that's probably stupid I, I I think that I'm I think that I've established enough that I can make funny things happen and that uh in 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 my case hopefully age is not too much but I also know that you know, if I write, if I write too many jokes about my kids or about my divorce or whatever, then I'm, you know, then I'm looking like that kind of comedian. So I, I do consciously leave out, um, you know, bringing a whole bunch of not dad jokes, but jokes from a dad's perspective. Cause when I'm in a basement in DC, if I keep breaking out that my kid the other day, he said, they're all going to be like, you know, I, I, I have to consciously not do that and keep it observations that relate to the, the, the general public and not just parents. Cause you know, while I'm doing shows out in Lorton, Manassas and Fredericksburg and everyone's a mom and a dad, great, right. but I'm not always doing that. So I gotta be conscious. of That's that. one challenge I've loved with having kids and doing that kind of material is bringing in people that don't have kids, like how to work, how to work like the pregnancy jokes and yeah. the baby jokes in ways to bring in people that don't have kids. And that, and I like that challenge in writing because I think about like what I would have wanted to hear two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. You no, know, at a comedy cool. show. Yeah. But, and like, I, I love what you just said. You're right. Like discovering those transitions. Like, yeah. You know, if you walk up there and go, I'm a dad, you all get it. Then they're all like, what? But if you can, yeah. if you can bridge it by saying someday, you'll be a dad and you'll see that blah, 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 blah. Now we're, we are changing their mindset from I relate right now to, oh, he's talking about my potential future. Uh, and I think that that does help bring in yeah. directly. Yeah, relate. or creating a perspective. Like the big thing that I've that I've tried to do with, with mom jokes is like created this different perspective where it's kind of like a, I kind of do like a slutty mom thing, which is just funny. <laughs> 
<laughs> to anybody. Sure. <laughs> Just a hoey mom on Instagram is funny to everyone. <laughs> they make money. That lady's killing it. Yeah. 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 I got the OnlyFans out there. In fact, I did my first yeah. show last night with uh, with an OnlyFans uh, comedian that I, I, I never, I'd never known that I've worked with an OnlyFans uh, comedian before, but this one last night, it was part of her intro. Uh, really? Top, top 2% on OnlyFans. Uh, yeah. There she was. Her name's uh, Megan Graves. Yep. And, uh, did she do job. comedy or is it like, like, yeah, how does it work? Comedy. Yeah. No, Just I fully comedy? expected her to stand at the microphone and ask guys to put dollars in a jar to, for her to take her shirt off, but she did not. She, <laughs> She told jokes and fit right in. It was, uh, it was just, I'd never, uh, I, I, I know I'm not trying to sound like I don't watch porn. I do. And that I don't jerk off. I'm, I was, thanks, thanks was for admitting that right now. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm not wearing pants right now. I'm just trying to say mm-hmm. I'm not innocent. I just, I did, I didn't in fully Jeffrey know it Tubin on, on counter currents. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I, uh, I, I'd never known really what it was last night when she said it, I was like, I, I, I like the dumbass. I said, she said she was on OnlyFans. And I said, oh, what do you do on there? <laughs> she, oh. goes, she goes, what everyone does on there. And I was like, uh, is it? And then I, I was like, I remember hearing comics do jokes about OnlyFans. So I, the context clues led me to, and then I was like, oh, okay. So like sexual stuff. Okay. And, uh, and she was very open about it, very chill. And, uh, and, uh, and told some funny jokes in reference to it. That was, that was dude, that's her only job. Like, Absolutely. You can make you can make serious money on OnlyFans. It's Killing. insane. Killing. I have a friend in LA who is a manager of OnlyFans girls. And he I actually had a big talk with him because I was like, how does the platform work? Like, what is it? These girls are crushing it. And the thing with OnlyFans is that they didn't originally plan to be a sex thing. It actually, it's kind of sad that what what happened to it, because for a comedian, it's amazing. Like, it's basically a way to get paid for any content you want to put out. Oh. And you take out all the middlemen and people pay directly to see whatever whatever you're putting on. So you can have, it's kind of like Patreon for podcasts. Yeah. Is my understanding where like, you can make whatever you want and people pay $5, $10, whatever, for whatever content that you're doing. So it's a way to do yeah. visual content and like make money from it. And I think it's so sad that it became a sex thing because it's like, what a great venue for like comedy well, sketches. People, people do all kinds of different things on there. I guess just the yeah. main reason is the, uh, is the TNA. Yeah, variety. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was, I, it was interesting. I, and, uh, you know, I was, I was glad she wasn't all like, you know, quiet about it or anything. It was like I said, it was part of her intro. So. It was well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, she career. wasn't doing yeah. that before she started, you know, doing, or I'm sorry, before she started comedy. She was a comic and oh, out man, of nowhere. Right. Yeah. And like in the, for a good year, year and a half. And then I started seeing these things on her uh, IG story for Holly Foxtrot. That's her like, you oh, know, screen That's name. her porn name. Hold yeah. on, write that down. <laughs> and I was I like, I felt so weird. Like I was curious. I didn't want to be like, so what is your name on there? I, mean, uh, <laughs> I was I like, all right, bet. you know, and I didn't utilize it. I was like semi-curious, but then I did see that thing you referenced the other day about pop 2%. And I was like, hmm, I got to know what a $5 shake tastes like, you know, so I think I might be making a deposit. <laughs> did you? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Did you? You did. You no, totally I didn't. did. This, that's I, I, why you know I so will. much. Petey, it's okay. I would do it. I wouldn't do it. She's, I got to uh, find $5 first. But yeah. you know, she's, in, she's in top 2%. She's making, she's got to be making what? Like 500 grand? Uh, I don't think it's that. Is it that think, big? No, I don't think. The it's top that. girls make millions of dollars. Millions. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know what the math is. I just, you know, I, I wish I had uh, nicer looking tits. I would do it too. But I, uh, I'm definitely jealous and look she's she's funny she's not hard to look at so like capitalize good for her yeah love it yeah love it anyway how do we transition from that peter yeah 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 um (laughs) so those cubbies what do you say right let's talk about who else in the comedy world could have an OnlyFans page and do well oh my god i can't i'm not gonna comment on that yeah this is I would like, say let's about, not go, let's let's not go to the objectifying. <laughs> I would say, I would say 
I'd pay for I, I'd pay for Eddie Morrison. How about that? Maybe if he got a haircut. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would say of the female comics I know. Oh my god! Oh my god! Petey, don't do it! Don't do it! Okay. Okay. I thought you were gonna name names. I was like, Petey, don't. Petey, don't. Petey, don't. Only two percent. No, no, no. That's just, a, that's high. Just. That, well, I, I guess, would say I about dudes, as many I guess dudes have low. Comics would be good for OnlyFans is the same percentage that know how to fight. About two percent. So, so that's a, okay. All right. Oh, 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 I was like, oh, the, I the only good-looking ones know how to fight. Okay. Yeah, a couple. That's probably fair. I get it. I get it. It's a it's a double uh, it's a double insult. Lots yeah. of lots of pussies yeah. and lots of ugly people. Is that what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, you see, you uh, let's let's we do need to make a hard left here before we get our yeah trouble, but yeah, a hard a hard left. Wait, I know I I've got a hard left for you. Let's yeah. talk about the South Block. Hard hard my, left. Actually, that's my name on OnlyFans. Hard left. Yeah, hard left. <laughs> Check me out at hard left on OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, you ever seen them where they bend? Anyway, um. Unfortunately, yeah. You want to talk about uh, anyway. Now? Oh lordy, I just I love it so much. I've it's never, so delicious. Uh, I've never uh, crossed those worlds. I, uh, I you mean, haven't. I, I mention it on Instagram and stuff like that, but um, I never want this mouth to represent anything to do with that company because it's a completely different world. And a lot of times, I wish I'd. I wish I'd changed my name at the beginning of my comedy life for a multitude of reasons, but one yeah. of them it, um, that I don't, you know, it's, it's, they just don't, one does not represent the other. Um, right. So, I uh, get, I get that. I get that. That's That's It's hard to mesh those two. It's kind of how I feel about um, my soap opera career and comedy. Right. Is that right. in entertainment, it's been talk about a hard left, you know, yeah. and I have this like established career as a melodramatic actress in Spanish but trying to mix that into like I have a lot of TV credits, a yeah, lot, yeah. and but you, you can't use those in comedy. And in the beginning of my comedy career, I tried so hard to like, Parlay. I tried to do more jokes about it to like mesh that part of my career, and it's been a learning lesson that that cannot happen because they just it just doesn't translate work. It just doesn't work. Can't it's just done. too, it's literally, you. it's probably like the two most opposite sides of the entertainment industry. Yeah. I don't know any other telenovela actor who's, <laughs> who has uh, transitioned to doing comedy in English. I do know telenovela actors who do stand up in Spanish. Oh. Uh, shout out to a guy I know who just uh, translated all of Bill Cosby's material, did it in Spanish and has a very successful whoa. show. Shout out. Um, whoa, whoa, yeah. That that's crazy. Look at Pete. Yeah. He's very curious what's going on there. Yeah. A lot of controversy. Uh, yeah. Did he do that as some kind of like a PSA or what? No, <laughs> he did this like, and by the way, no one, because no one in Mexico knows, but he, I was interested in standup a long time ago and a guy, Oh, I can't believe it's nobody in Mexico has figured this out, but a guy I know, an actor I know in Mexico city, he'll never hear this. So anybody who would hear this in Mexico City would know who this is. But um, an actor I know in Mexico City is a telenovela actor and a stand-up comic. And by stand-up comic, he basically, it's like a one-man stand-up show yeah. that he does that tours and it's all the same material and it's been super successful in wow. Mexico. And I went to go see it. His openers were like fantastic stand-ups in Spanish. And then he did an hour and he told me that he loved Bill Cosby and he did an hour. And I was like, this is Bill Cosby jokes translated to spanish wait you're saying he doesn't credit bill cosby no no like he's stealing jokes <laughs> and doing bill cosby material as part of his show in spanish and well, nobody no i'll be represented by my hand yeah. <laughs> no comment you guys holy crap that isn't is that nuts, nuts. no yeah. crazy awful isn't that Ooh. nuts yeah, he's just yeah, and this is back before Bill Cosby got canceled. But I'm pretty sure that show still is still going on. And nobody, but nobody in in Latin America has figured that out. Well, I guess if anyone wow. deserves to get their jokes stolen from him, <laughs> right, right, stolen and made into Spanish. That fucking guy. Yeah, but ugh, weird. So Isn't that weird. weird? That's so strange. 
Mm. But his openers were great. Uh, oh, that's great. Who they? They were. No, no, theirs was real. <laughs> it was their theirs was their own. Not all Latin comics the are Spanish Carlos Medea. Right, everybody. I mean, yeah. Even, even derecho. Oh, he's really good. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. a joke. That was the best I had. Steven Derecho. That's all I got. Nice, nice job. Thank you. Nice job. Does he do the uh, Spanish fly bit that Cosby used to do? I don't know that joke. Isn't the no? Isn't that Robin Williams? No, it's about Cosby saying, you know, you got to put this in your woman's drink. <laughs> it was like a oh, foreshadowing. No. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit. You can check it out on YouTube. Um, and it was like, holy cow, now he's the roofy rapist, you know? Wow. wow. Netflix and pill. I mean, it had that one. And there was a episode of the Cosby show where he talked about it's all in my barbecue sauce. And he straight up had all the women in the arms of their respective Cosby man. You know, the guy that worked at Trader Joe's and then like Theo and whoever, you know, and then he grabs Felicia Rashad and is like, how about you come up and try my sauce or whatever? I'll, yo, I'm going to send you these clips later. It's mad wild. Yeah, nope. Nope. That is weird. Yeah. So this guy, I wonder if he does those bits. Oh, yeah. The, uh... In Mexico. No, it's that like fly? really, it's like really famous. It's like very famous Cosby bits that he was doing. Like, like if you've seen just very famous, like clean. Like the dentist stuff. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just like, just like very famous bits sure. that we all know sure. that I was like, how I'm like watching the show and I'm like, nobody figured this out. Well, cash those checks. Hey. Overseas. Hey, and like you said, if anybody deserves it. Yeah. yeah. That's the guy. There it is. Oh, show. Anyway, yeah. uh, so we can we can talk a little uh, Southie block if you want. Um, I, I mean, know. I just want to tell you that it's delicious and I'm uh, and I love it. It's... Well, we are we are trying. My uh, my brother is the um, the uh, CEO and founder and the real um, mastermind mm-hmm. behind everything. I, did, I joined the company about three and a half years ago when he started to get so big, he needed a, a bit more corporate support. So mm-hmm. um he plucked me from a, a, another career that that I that I loved as well, mm-hmm. and, uh, and joined him. I really like working with my brother. He's a great guy. He really, he's a visionary, um, mm-hmm. and the company has come to represent uh, a lot more than just smoothies and acai bowls and juice. Man, he's done a great job of branding it. And we come from a really amazing family, a multicultural background, and mm-hmm. open-minded progressives, and uh, all that is woven into the South Block brand at this point where, you know, we're not an advocacy group or anything. And, you know, our main focus is making sure that our product is good and our guests are treated fairly. Right. But, you know, my, my brother's done a good job of uh, also pushing out um, just the core values of what we stand for as humans, as fathers, as family people, um, mm-hmm. and as uh, you know, I know people don't necessarily like the phrase liberal progressives, but uh, it's pretty uh, it's pretty obvious on on the South Block uh, Instagram page where we mm-hmm. where we stand and what we stand up for. So it's it's nice to be a part of something like that where we can yeah we push a lot of the monies forward. To, you know, depending on what like what month it is, you know, every month has kind of its own flavor, and then we'll donate a chunk to that. Or you know, the Wounded Warriors over here, or um, mm-hmm. you know. It, xyz you know this month being uh pride and uh we got juneteenth in the mix so we're trying to like you know ramp it up when when uh when when we can and uh give and and uh and hope that um that it helps you know it's been really cool we have this uh uh non-profit foundation called fruitful planet where um we take five percent of the uh, juice sales and buy up uh produce fresh produce and, and deliver it to like food shelters in the area local stuff uh food shelters uh schools homeless shelters uh you know, awesome. food insecure families and like it's crazy like you take a bag of apples like sometimes we'll literally physically take them to these schools mm-hmm. these kids love it and like mm-hmm. i couldn't believe like i was astonished in all of my privilege and blindedness some of these kids had never seen an apple before, like a real freaking apple. Wow. Like, what the fuck? Sad. So, you know, that's just, that's just my privilege uh, uh, blinding mm-hmm. me. And so, you know, it'll um, kind of- Who's never me. seen an apple? Oh, I got to hear this. Like, just some kids that were like, had never seen, a, you know, they, they would get like, uh, they might have the uh, pre-packaged, pre-sliced, Mott's, sure. that kind of thing. But like- But a full-on apple. 
spill on fresh apples. I'm not saying it was like the whole bunch of them, but there was one kid that was like, I've never seen an actual apple before. And I was like, Damn. Like if you told me someone underprivileged had never seen like a starfish or something, I'd be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But like, <laughs> yeah, starfish. I was 25 before starfish. I saw one of those starfish. at like a wedding I got dragged to, but you know, like. Yeah, right. no, you're right. Oh, That's why I'm mentioning it is because I was like, holy shit. And maybe it was just this one thing, but it, but it, I don't want to say it was touching. It wasn't touching. It was frightening. Yeah. Um, well, know. all that stuff with the food industry is frightening. I mean, it's, it's so expensive to just eat like real fruits and right. vegetables. And it's actually that. like, we yeah. Recognize that our products are not affordable for absolutely everybody. So we try to do something to give it back. I mean, we, you know, we, we do what little bit we can, uh, you know, poverty is, uh, I think the number one cause for, um, like, a, a lack of ability to retain information. And mm-hmm. so it'll make people seem dumb, but they mm-hmm. just, they're, they're, they're malnourished. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, my, actually, uh, Umar, <laughs> who we mm-hmm. all know is, uh, is, uh, uh, highly educated in this area and he's he's the mm-hmm. one that told me that um so he could be completely wrong he's not he's not that bright but he did tell me that <laughs> he said it to me in a serious way to where i was like i'll believe this packy you know what i mean uh, <laughs> oh my god yeah you know like i thought i i hear this term food desert bandied around all the time on npr and then nutrition class that I took a while back and it's like you know you grow up in these areas where there's not a grocery store or source of like good produce or any of that for like at least a mile and a half and I'm like shit I mean I just have meat lockers I've been growing up in food tundras my whole life like I don't know anything about a food desert or whatever but yeah it definitely contributes like you got to get on the bus you know, you don't have a car, you get go down to the giant, you're carrying all these fucking bags, you know, or else stay in your neighborhood, go to the bodega and get like the ham that has like the gross ass built in olives. Have you seen those fucking yeah. 99 yes. cent ham joints? Yes. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. So anyways, not, not to get too sad about it, but so we, uh, you know, we do our little bitty, bitty, bitty bit. Uh, and then, and that stuff feels really good. So yeah, I'm very proud to be um, part of that company. I do, like I said, I do try to keep it separate from anything that I say as a stand up comedian, because as I said, one does not represent the other. I'm not a, uh, I'm not a comic that like, I'm not on like, you know, when you guys probably like when we hang after shows, I, I, I'm not a clown. I, you know, I hate those kind of comedians who can't shut the mm-hmm. fuck up after a show and they, they think they're still on. I hate it. Uh, oh, they just want to riff all night. I can't oh, stand that man. shit. Yeah. You know, whatever. But you know, I, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm what I, what I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm way more kind of like mean and aggressive and offensive on stage than I am off stage. Off stage, mm-hmm. I think I'm just a nice fella and I try to be nice so that's what i mean like the comedy is its own thing and then yeah, south block is it's uh, it's a whole separate situation yeah, well sorry i brought it up that green bowl no. with extra granola is the shit let right. me tell you i yeah. love it i love it <laughs> and we appreciate it we have some great uh, great team members some great leadership and it's uh it's only growing we got 11 now and we're hoping to open uh nine more in the next three years so. i mean do you, i don't do you guys it. deliver or anything or do it through Blue Apron or anything like that? Yeah. Well, good, good question. Uh, I mean, everybody has the old Uber Eats, right? But uh, yep. yeah, we, we have a national uh, campaign now that's called Bowl Kits, uh, bowlkits.com, or you can see it on southblock.com. Uh, and basically what we've got is frozen acai bases of a few different varieties, uh, our Warrior Bowl, PBJ Bowl, Mermaid Bowl, Golden Bowl. Those are um, pre-mixed, frozen, and we put them in like a, just a pint container, like a Ben and Jerry's uh, size. And we got a little packet of granola in there and chia seeds and cacao nibs, depending on what the flavor is. Uh, and we sell them, uh, they're 10 bucks a pop. So like the box is $80 and I think it's $10 flat shipping anywhere in the nation. Um, you know, the, the, if there's a drawback to it, it's that we can't ship fresh fruits like that. Mm-hmm. So people buy just the frozen kit to wherever in the country and they, um, they thaw it and they top it themselves. So uh, we've, I've, I've had, a, actually, I've had a couple of comedians um, help out and do like a little story promos for me. And um, oh, nice. uh, I just sort of to join the world's Maz Jabrani did one. And uh, that's pretty cool. He's uh, always been a really nice guy. Andrea Lopez, who you guys might know from the Sarah Frazier show. Uh, she mm-hmm. did one. So that's kind of cool when I can mix the worlds like that. Cause you know, yeah. the great thing about working there too, is like, 
we only feel really good about what we're serving people. It's not like right. at no point am I handing somebody, uh, you know, a, a fried Snickers bar or something where I'm like, Ugh, don't eat too many of these. You know, it's all just really great stuff. And there's no secrets behind it. So good. So that, it's so good. I love it. It's so delicious. Oh, it's so delicious. I've gotten to the point where like I crave it. I get I get one almost every Saturday. I have I have like the green bowl. Awesome. With extra granola for breakfast. It's so delicious. Shout oh, out to South Block. Like, uh, you look your best on Saturday nights, I was going to say. You oh, thanks. Or, or glow, uh, right, right, mm-hmm. right. It's those cacao nibs. That, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's guilt-free eating. Like, unless you're somebody that gets, you know, like extra, extra Nutella. But, you know, every once in a while, you got to get a little Nutella. So it's, right. Oh, it's so good. Of Nutella. It's so good. I know. You know, but yeah, I know you like I, you know, we've all been through like low times in our lives, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, over the not even I didn't I think I got there at one point during the pandemic. It was mostly alcohol for me during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I met my worst, like uh, dietarily, is that a word? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I used to do just uh, just spoonfuls of Nutella. That's when I knew that I was that I was like done like normally I'm a pretty health conscious eater Uh, my family we were raised on like you know middle easterners we always have like nuts and berries and fruits all over the place and all that um and uh and so I'm pretty pretty good on my diet uh but when I'm really going uh off I love just like not even like not the small spoon the freaking the tablespoon get in there heaping tablespoon and then I just like to sit it in my mouth and just let it let it make it I mean down the throat so good nutella is delicious like no one can argue with that at least you had nutella lying around i think like my lowest food point was i was craving sweets so bad and it wasn't available to me in the moment i had some jam in the fridge and it was like (laughs) jam spoon go like ice cream but that's like that's that's the the most guilt-free low point that's like being like no way whole head of ice cold lettuce i was it was awful (laughs) i I ate a whole red pepper i'm such a bad girl it's not that bad jam is so bad it's literally it's literally just sugar buddy like there's some jam and nutella head to head there's no way that nutella is as bad as jelly is there I think if you bring like Smuckers, if you bring like Smuckers jelly versus Nutella, I'm actually going to Google this right now. Google it. I think I I actually think it's pretty comparable. I love it. It's not like I don't love the jams and jellies. I just think like, and because Nutella is like, not only is it delicious, something about it like kicks off these endorphins in my whole head. Yo, you know what I think? Therapy. So I swear to God, I think there's weed in Nutella. (laughs) <laughs> it's so delicious it's so delicious i'm not kidding one night i was coming i was pet sitting at this place and this kid was staying over and i come in the house and it smells like dope and i'm like what, what's going on you kids smoking up and he's like no 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 we just heated up some nutella and i thought hmm that smells very much like kind bud weed and then i re- it occurred to me that There's a neuromodulator in chocolate, the same one that's in marijuana that gives you that exquisite doorknob feeling, like where you can just stare at a Frisbee and you're like, look how fucking round it is, you know? (laughs) That's in weed and in chocolate. I I swear, I think that's what you're talking about. That could be. I love it. It It does change the mood. Ramin, you are right. You are right. Nutella is way worse than way worse oh, yeah okay. i was well, totally wrong you. you've been you've been doing so good you didn't even know it yeah well again 20 too. 20 grams of sugar per serving of nutella and there's and there's 12 in a serving of jam so i think i think 12 grams to 20 grams yeah okay. of sugar per serving what's a serving like i said I, i'll i'll put a damn spatula in the nutella and just <laughs> oh, but that's the thing well that's the thing what's the serving because if you're eating a spoon to jam like straight like i ate like the whole like the whole jam like like an that's ice cream right that's like a that's lot. a lot versus like you can't you just no one can physically eat that much nutella shout out to the person who emails after this saying they ate a whole thing of nutella by themselves <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. It's but like though. it's two tablespoons is one serving of nutella two and by the way Okay. By the way, it's 200 calories. It's 100 calories per tablespoon of Nutella. 
per tablespoon. And that's like this much, by the way, yeah, this I much. I was killing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I, my worst. I, uh, I only recently decided that I needed to stop being so. <laughs> and, you know, because uh, like, I'm not very good at self-motivating in my house. You know, I, right. like, some people are like, yeah, just give me two tomato cans and I'm ready to go. Like, I'm not that right. way. I, I, I'm an environment person. I like it. I need to be in the gym, in the yoga studio. Here's the start time. Here's the end time. Someone, you know, I'm not good. I don't like, uh, I'm not, I'm not a super macho guy. I don't like going to like uh, CrossFit and having everybody be like, let's go, go. I don't yeah. like that. But I do like a, a, a definitive time that I have to be somewhere. Uh, and then it'll be over. So I can get to the gym and like lift a few weights, like, you know, mildly. I'm, again, I'm not like super aggressive, but I, that's why I really like the, the yoga classes. Cause it's like, be there at 10, it'll be over by 11. And this yeah. person's going to tell you everything to do while you're there. I can do better with that. But you know, I fluctuated, you know, I, I should weigh, like if I'm at, if I'm at my not best, but if I'm doing pretty darn good, I'm six feet tall. I should be like one. 93 190 195 somewhere in there depending about on that yeah where the muscle build is i was like i got up to about 220 222 at one point and i was like oh my god like i started setting my hands on top of my stomach like it was one of these guys and i was like whoa that is that is too much buddy yeah. like i needed to uh needed to tighten up so i uh i just recently got got back on the train maybe a month ago and uh mm-hmm. and then you know being 44 it's like I got to work 17 times as hard. And most of the time I'm just, I'm just praying that I don't get injured while I work out. Cause that, as soon as you get injured, you're out for another four weeks, just trying to get better from that eating Nutella in your kitchen at 2am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm usually like that too, where I need to like show up to stuff to get motivated, but I had a baby right before the pandemic. So all I had to do was look in the mirror and uh, I got motivated. <laughs> you snapped back. Like, you're being you right. think I snapped back because you didn't well, see me for a year. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I did you. not. I thought I would snap back because I'm usually like a pretty healthy eater, but uh, I'm in my 30s and it showed. It took a lot of work. I was like, oh, I'm gonna be like a supermodel. I'll lose it in like four months. It's like, no, it took me. <laughs> what kind of um, what kind of work work works for you? What works for you? Are you? A I runner? had to do a lot. I, I mean, I hate running, but I do it a lot because. It just, it's the best exercise. And like, that's just how you look good. If you run, yeah. like you're going to lose weight and you're going to look good. It's just yeah. that simple. Now I do a lot of orange theory because it's a lot of running and it it's very like, like you said, like short time span. So you kind of can forget it. And I do orange theory four times a week. And then I do wow. like a Pilates class. Holy I do a Pilates class once a week, but I never used to be like that. But in order to, wow. to lose the weight, I kept having to turn it up and turn it up and turn it up and turn it up. Cause like, as you age, I mean, you know, as you age, your body just doesn't respond the same yeah, and nope. running, but there's nothing like running, like running yeah, makes everything look like you're in the gym too. all the time. Like, I, I, it I hurts. Have to be careful with that. You got to get the right I, shoes. It's all about the right shoes. I'm not sure. I'm the 44 says it doesn't matter what fucking shoes I wear. It's going to, you got to try the right. I'm a big, I used like to get 39. like a lot of knee pain. What are you talking about? It's like, it's way different yeah. now. I've never been. Yeah, I'm 31. I've never been a runner, and I'm not very good at it. And uh, I know I already mentioned my buddy Umar, but that dude will send me splits where he runs like eight miles, where he's you know averages seven and a half minutes per mile. But he's been running his whole life. Um, Yeah. And you know, and I know some people are further broken down from that. Uh, but right. uh, he's he just goes, man. It's impressive. If I can do one, I can do one to two miles. You know. 10 and a half minute pace. I am, I feel like the champion of the world. That's, that's like, that's my best. I really like my yoga classes. Uh, yoga's a, yoga's amazing too. Yeah. I just, I used to do a lot of yoga, but it just wasn't, I just had a lot of weight to lose. And it like well, yoga was I also not thought, Like when I first started yoga, I thought it was all like candlelit and everybody's all namaste. No, no. Dude, these, like there's this woman at Core Power Yoga and I know that's not like a sponsor of your show or anything. Her name is Anne. <sighs> beast like the like i feel like i'm in boot camp like this woman is serious i don't know how old she is she got a couple kids uh and she looks great like a cirque du soleil fit and uh, we'll put you through the gamut boy she is tough abs 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 biceps like i'm just in there just trying to survive through the whole class um yeah yoga can be can be tough 
Yoga she, can be really tough. Beast. See Anne at Core Power, guys. She will get you straight. She is something special. Yeah. Well, guys, on that note, shout out to Anne at Core Power Yoga. Uh, <laughs> we got to end this because I got to show in a little bit. But oh. we want to thank Ramin for doing this with us today. My pleasure. Had a great time. This is just us hanging out, uh, but uh, but we recorded it. So that's cool. Yeah, Zorba. exactly. Exactly. That's that's what's good, the good, cool good. thing about podcasting. Uh, real quick, where you go, where, where's your show? Are you allowed to plug it? Yeah. Uh, it, it will, by the time this is released, this will be in the past. Oh, yeah. But, that's, uh, that's relevant, so let's do that. Yeah, it's at Town Tavern. They're doing a show every Thursday. Uh-huh. Again, now. Nice. Uh, I think they're selling tickets now because it said that it sold out, I guess, last week. But uh, it's via Capital Apps if you guys want to check that out. And then um, by the time this comes out, I'm going to be doing the Crybaby Show on Sunday. I believe it's the 19th or the 20th. But the Sunday of this week, I'll be on Crybaby. So check them out on Instagram, uh, on Instagram, Facebook. They're a great DC show. Their locations change around. So look up. Yeah. Who has done this podcast also. Yeah. And he's amazing guy. And he really kind of like became a thing during during the pandemic and right absolutely. Right and uh, what I what I admire about um, guys that that find uh, that sort of quick success, he's uh, become kind of a, a hot producer quickly. Is he's so humble and nice and understanding, uh, mm-hmm. um, and retaining that I think is very very difficult for some people because it it can go to your head real quick. Uh, and he's funny, so. Yeah, yeah. He also he he said he had a goal that I just noticed on our podcast. He told us his goal is to be one of those people that makes you feel good after you talk to them. And I feel like he's done a really good job at maintaining that. Which, as a producer, I feel like is really hard. Yeah, his he always make primo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give me more time, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> nice, good guy. There's some really good things happening in DC, and uh, you guys are a part of it, bringing it all back. So. Thank you for that part of the hustle and, and maintaining, uh, you know, the pod and uh, trying to get the, the draft house cranked up again. It's been fun to, to see the, the resurgence and hopefully we continue to get hotter and hotter and come back uh, bigger, better, stronger. And, uh, you know it. And yeah. on that note, July 7th at the Arlington Cinema Draft House, Hell 7 yeah. p.m. Wednesday is the next Counter Currents Showcase, of course, hosted by Yours truly in Elena and yeah, we do it on stage together. That's the, not yeah, that's the Whoa. kind of hosting that this is. Two Whoa. hosts. Whoa, tennis doubles, fuckers. Yeah, and um, I don't know who we're gonna put on it yet. It's a mystery. Yeah, we haven't decided. We haven't decided. So who would you guys you like guys... to see? You can email us. You can like us. Oh DM yeah, us, yeah. DM us on Instagram. Uh, DM CC on Instagram if you want to see any of the guests that we've had on that are local, which we mentioned at the beginning. You know, we've had a lot of headliners too, but I don't think we're at the budget where we can bring them. But um... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a tough balance right now. Yeah, sure. yeah. But uh, anybody local that you guys like, please email us. And we will put them on. Yeah. Don't nominate yourselves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Very good. All, All right. right. Well, good luck with it, guys. And uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, tell everybody to follow me on Instagram. Ramin Which is what? Ramin88. My weird looking name there. And then 88. R-A-H-M-E-I-N. That's it. That's it. That's it. I'm out there. I'll be somewhere. Hell yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you all. Bye. All right.